Outlaws, welcome to the American Outlaws podcast. Are we on, Justin? You have a worried look on your face. I, we are on, Corey. Welcome That's just my regular face, Corey. <laughs> I know. Welcome, everybody, to the American Outlaws podcast, the soccer podcast where we talk about soccer games, kicking goals, and everything to do with uh, the, the ball that uh, has black patches on it. My name is Corey Donahue with American Outlaws. I'm joined here by Justin Brunken. Hey, what's up? You still have a worried look on your face. Is that because our men's soccer team did not perform so hot <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, or is that because Which game? of computer issues? Uh, I think it's just you know a little of both. I don't really have too many computer issues. I think I think every uh, U.S. men's national team fan has a little uh, little worry worrisome look on their face yeah, over much? the last. Uh, I don't know. You're correct. A while. <laughs> Much like every podcast, you have a worried look on your face with computer <laughs> issues, so those things add up. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Also joining us is Chris Donahue from American Outlaws Kansas City Chapter on the phone. Chris, say hi to us. Hey, fellas. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, what are you up to down there in Kansas City today? Just dodging floods? You know, you know, it's... Uh, like 92 degrees down here today supposed to be mid uh supposed to be fall and it's and it's not but i have a lot of back sweat going on right now which is great so that's about all i'm doing just sitting around you have back sweat yeah it's oh. um, really I'm, hot in here too i don't know if you guys have seen me in the past few months but i'm mildly overweight now <laughs> shut I, up he quit playing soccer i quit doing anything active i wake up go to work come home and i eat so that's uh, that's where I'm at. Chris was in town last weekend, and he he calls me Chubbs, you know, because I'm the fat one in the family. And he said, uh, he said Chubbs, it's finally here. You can finally call, start calling me fat too. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked over. So can was, I call you bull, guys pinch Chubbs a good, then? A good nice three fingers of pinch. <laughs> oh my god. In the belly. So it's a good day. Wait, Christopher? Or yeah, you? Chris. Oh, oh, I got I got a fistful, brother. Yeah, you're going to Orange Theory all the time. Yeah, which is yeah, where you I feel left. pretty good today. No, Corey? terrible. Oh, yeah. I, no, I I was on the treadmill just 12 minutes ago, and I ran here. Um, hence my no computer. This should really bring up our ratings and our reviews, by the way, because I have no computer. <laughs> I knew about the podcast 24 hours ago. Since then, I've done no research, but I'm a fan. That's I, nothing new for this podcast, I, Corey. Well, I research. By being a fan and being genuinely involved in reading everything every day that I can. Uh, I went to Hamilton last night. That was my research. Have you seen Hamilton? I have not. No, I don't really feel like paying whatever, 300 and some dollars, a ticket or <laughs> a seat. It wasn't that much, but it was to a go, lot. <laughs> go to that thing. To go to a musical? I hear it's great. You I've know. been to musicals before, but I hear Hamilton's great. I just, like, yeah. I'd rather spend $600 or whatever it is on something else. Like, I don't know. Soccer game. Anything. <laughs> yeah, a flight anywhere. Yeah, a flight. Well, you know. That is a flight. You know my love for musical theater, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> it goes way back. You're singing those tunes every single day. Yeah, I love musical theater. Always have. Love paying exorbitant prices to go to it since yesterday. That was my first one ever. First one ever? Yeah. I mean, it was fun. You no, know, most people kind of like, like sort of like small like get into their it way small. into it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, by think. maybe like a off-broadway sort of like you'd 30 dollar ticket to figure out if they like it or not yeah you'd think i would have done that i didn't do that i just jumped right in paid a stupid amount of money and went to it it was good it was great i'm not a musical guy i don't think but i can recognize brilliance when i see it and i think it was that 
Um, Chris, aren't you glad you called into the Hamilton podcast? I can't believe you guys are still talking about this, if I'm being honest here. Well, <laughs> if you watched the U.S. men's national team, you'd be looking for other hobbies also. Speaking of recognizing brilliance, Corey, let's go into the, the men's national team games. <laughs> well, I, well, I thought rather than that, we could start with Jill Ellis. I oh, yeah, know, yeah. An actual excellence. Um, her tenure, Jill Ellis's tenure as the U.S. women's national team coach ends here pretty soon. We've talked about it on the last few podcasts. It's not, a, not really news anymore at this point, but it feels much more real all of a sudden. Yeah. It's, is, is it the best five years ever of a women's national team coach? Of any I mean, in the world? I mean, I dare you to name someone better. Chris, do you have anyone in, in mind? I mean, no. I, here's the thing. Winning, two back, winning a World Cup is obviously the biggest honor in any sport. But winning back-to-back World Cups in, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's remarkable, and I don't I don't think people I don't think she's given the credit that she deserves. I think people have you know been very critical of her tactics in the past five years, and if you look at her record, it's unbelievable. So I think I think U.S. Soccer will miss her more than they realize now, um, and I, obviously this this generation of players that are coming through have. I've obviously helped, but I also think that people, she made certain changes when people didn't think, you know, that that would be the right thing to do, but it all panned out, and I think she should be honored as the best ever women's national team coach. Yeah, she obviously has had a lot of talent at her disposal, obviously, but she that she's largely responsible for developing a lot of that talent. We have a lot of good young players right now that will have for a long time and it's like you said winning back-to-back world cups is just the mentality of that is is incredible to keep like this team wanted it so badly going into this last world cup that's tough to do i mean the only ding really against her is that she never never won an olympics right um i'm kind of amazed that she isn't sticking around through the olympics i don't I, I I haven't seen her say why that exactly is, but I mean, let's get somebody else in there, I guess, at this point. But um, I mean, you can argue, like, yeah, there's a lot of people have argued Jill Ellis, like, yeah, her record speaks for herself, but she has had one of the best assembled group of players that's ever played for a women's national team. Yeah, for the last five years that she helped develop heavily. True. I mean, they practice with the national team. What per, I mean, much more than the men's team do. They're they're with the women's team. The women's team are together in camps together more often than the men's do. Mm-hmm. So I think the national team coaches have more more of the responsibility developing the players than the men's than on the men's side. I'm I'm assuming that I don't have stats to back it up, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty incredible. She deserves everything that she, all the praise that she gets. Um, I think she's getting her tribute in her last game in Chicago right. against South Korea at Soldier Field, which right. would be pretty incredible. It's funny that Grant Wald on his podcast has mentioned a few times insider knowledge that some of the big name players never really liked Jill Ellis, <laughs> and and I guess you could argue in the Canada World Cup in 2015 that like. 
for the first two or three games, we're screaming at the TV like, this lineup is not working. Make these changes. We have obvious changes to make. And it, we, we had some injuries that led her to making changes that mm-hmm. turned into much better performances and working their way into uh, playing their best. And, like, going into this last World Cup, there were some questionable decisions. I mean, I guess, I guess you can't really. You literally can't mess up the lineup. If you pick well, the wrong peoples in each, in each of the spots, uh, Kristen Press I... or Rapino, which one are you going to pick? They're both going to score Kristen goals. Kristen Press. Yeah, you and I <laughs> talked about this. Uh, Pew, Rapino, like, she never was... got hardly any minutes. Yeah, everybody's and... talking about Rapino after this tournament, and she's not even the best winger on our, on our team. And no. yet everybody's like, oh, she's the best out there, best in the world, blah, blah, blah. She wasn't even the best on, the, on our team at that position, in my opinion. I thought Mallory Pugh was better. Well, maybe not this tournament, but I think she's – I'd rather have Mallory Pugh in my team than Rapino, purely based on ability. Uh, yeah, Chris and Press I'd rather have on the field than Rapino personally. But you, but you as, a, as a, a manager, not necessarily a coach, you're managing these players all oh, the time. And yeah. so that's pretty – uh, that's pretty uh, uh, tough to do, and you have to praise her for that, for sure. Yeah, and that's the other thing is, and Chris, I forgot you're on the line. Sorry if I'm cutting you off at any time. But uh, Chris, you just got to yell. You want to <laughs> jump yeah. in? Yeah, I've got off the treadmill. I'm coming in hot. Uh, if, I'm just waiting my time. Yeah. Uh, well, now I lost my train. I thought, God damn. Oh, uh, players at that level, you're never going to make everybody happy. You have Carly Lloyd on the bench. You have yeah. Mallory Pugh. You have Kristen Press on the bench. Like, yeah, you're going to be the bad person. Like, people are going to hate you yeah. because you're you're having to bench, like, Lindsey Horan, who's one of the best players oh, in the yeah. world. Like, that's a good point. You're never going to be super popular. Like, that's just the way it is. And when you get to the top, ever, you're going to get hate from a lot of different angles. And she's right. dealt with that really, really well. Like, she's been I, – I, she, she was just above it, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and she was really good on how she handled a lot of that stuff. But you're right. I mean, <laughs> again, it goes back to, like, you know, Kristen Press. You know how many people love Kristen Press? I was at the game in Minnesota, and um, everyone there was just having their uh, – there's more press jerseys than anything. And the same thing in Philly. Why is that? She's from California, right? I mean, there's, there's a million different jerseys. Everyone has, like, you know, the Morgan jerseys, oh, yeah. the uh, Ertz. And uh, but there's a ton of press jerseys. Yeah. I don't know. She's just. Uh, I think everyone loves her. She's just nice. She's good. She works her ass off all the time. Yeah. I mean, she's one of my favorite too. And uh, um, she's super likable off the field. Super smart. Like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a ton of Heath jerseys too. But God, there's just a million things. Yeah. yeah. Every player is good. One's on the bench. One's starting. Yeah. But so. But you, again, yes, all those are world class players on the bench and. But that doesn't mean that the formula is right, and that doesn't mean that she's attacked us off the field and in practice. You know, there's a mentality that goes into it. You can you can have the 11 best players in the world. We see it all, you know, all the time in the men's in the men's game. You see teams like Real Madrid that are losing, you know, at at That's home true. to lower league Spanish teams. You have to you have to have a system, and you have to be able to play. And I think That's true. deserves a ton of credit for that. So, yep. You gotta be willing to be the bad guy. Having to play the system—that's a conversation for the men's team. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so let's seamlessly transition. Congrats, Jill Ellis, on an amazing career uh, with the hey, U.S. Women's National on. Team. So, have you guys? I'm curious what you guys think, or who is in your pick to be the next women's coach? 
Yeah. I, to be fair, I don't know a ton of women's coaches. I know that uh, um, the assistant right now, uh, what's his name? Tony uh, Gustafson. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hear that is the person that I, I haven't heard that. much, well, honestly. Well, I, today I saw a report that, that Rocco, um, what's his name? The comments coach, Rocco Endonofsky, or something. I think that's how you say it, um, that, he's, that he's in talk. So, I think there's a couple other other coaches that I've seen in the running. I don't I don't know a lot about, but here's a fun fact. That's an interesting. Stat, I'm going to brag about myself and in turn brag about someone that's awesome. Sounds about right. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, speaking of women's coaches, uh, I know you're. This was kind of flipping the switch, but so my high school team, uh, Linda Wilson, who is like one of my favorite coaches of all time. Uh, she was the first, I don't know if she's still the only, but the first ever at the time. To win state? Uh, to win state, being a women's coach for a guy's team what in the country. What a roundabout really? humble brag that Heck was. yeah, but she <laughs> deserves it. It was yeah. awesome. That's a cool stat, by the way. That is. Brunkin, I watched the state championship game. You should have been sent off at least twice. <laughs> I I watched it too, and I'm I'm agreeing with you, but I didn't don't remember that. But I've seen Brunkin play every game pretty much since then and before it, and I would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Two red cards I, I would, per game are I, deserved. I sometimes become a different person on the <laughs> soccer field, just like all of us. You should have been playing with ten men from the tenth minute on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like in sixth grade or whatever when that happened, and I distinctly remember saying Justin Brunken should be sent off. Were you wearing a Brunken jersey? Brunken Southeast uh, Knights jersey? Yeah, no. I had, uh, I don't, yeah, no. <laughs> Did you know my child is going to go to Southeast Brunken? Uh, yeah, like. By the way, my phone is like on. They, like they should. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, there's some news. Well, not yet, but any second now, I, we could be going into labor. So my phone is on. Uh, little Mia Pele Donahue could be born at any moment uh, or gone into labor. So if my phone goes off and I just drop the mic, that's why. Oh, so you gave up on the Brighton and Hove? Brighton and Hove? <laughs> hey, we don't know yet. Could be anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, congrats to Jill Ellis. <laughs> what a tangent that was. Um, moving on to the United States men's national soccer team we played two friendlies recently we played our good buddies mexico in new jersey uh drank a lot that pretty pretty (laughs) depressing game we then played uh uruguay in st louis a few days later on tuesday with largely our b b minus c plus team maybe what in st louis yeah right I mean, it was a good lineup. I like the lineup. Oh, I thought you were questioning the city. I was like, I think I... Oh, no, no. Okay, let's start with the Mexico game, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. We've had Greg Birdhalter behind the reins. Well, if you don't count the year that it took to find him. (laughs) God knows why it took so So long. So is it going to take another year to find the women's coach? (laughs) Or they'll have that good to go, like literally a week after the Chicago game. (laughs) Because they have have women's games coming up in November. That's Again, true. so one month later, they're going to have an interim. It's probably that Augustin that would be the interim at least. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, back to the men's team, I guess. The yep. men, the, we played Mexico. We lost 3-0. to zero. It wasn't even that close, really. Uh, we were insistent on playing out of the back, which is Greg's part of Greg's uh, – what's the phrase I'm looking for? But his kind of M.O., that he's trying to bring to the team, playing out of the back, working our way up, creating space all across the field. Um, everything's 
by design. We, we draw the defense up. We work it through. Do we have the players for that? That's very much up in the air. Uh, this weekend in the English Premier League, that was a big hot topic because even Arsenal was trying to play out of the back and they're taking goal kicks that were one one yard square balls, if you will, and they were like messing up passes out of the back of a goal kick to, to the other team and getting scored on. One could venture to say that Arsenal are better at passing the ball than the United States men's national team. Should we just continue playing this style that Greg, at, at all costs, no matter the opponent, friendlies, no matter the opponent, we're playing our arch rival Mexico in front of eighty thousand fans at Giant Stadium. Uh, we're getting we're we're getting hammered, getting worked over. We're trying to play the ball out of the back. We're getting caught repeatedly. We don't have a goalkeeper. We have a good goalkeeper who doesn't necessarily thrive in that sort of setting, in my opinion, uh, Mr. Stefan. Got caught out. <laughs> He's been caught out a few times trying to play the ball out of the back. Do we say, this is the, f- this is the future. We're going to stick with it no matter what. These are growing pains. Let's, let's, th- this game didn't matter. Let's stick with it. Um, I, I don't know. I, Chris, what do you think? I have my thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. The first is that I actually commend Greg Berhalter for trying to implement a system and trying to improve the tactic part of it. And even when we were getting played out the field, not letting down on that, it shows some balls. And I think that U.S. soccer has been needing someone like that for a long time. So I... I commend him for that, but at the same time, I don't commend some of the other choices. I think there's a couple guys, two obviously that stand out to everybody, but there's other guys that are in this team, and I get that it was a friendly, and I get that it's a a meaningless game on paper, but again, we're playing Mexico. There's at least three guys that do not deserve to be on the field, and there are a handful of other guys that could very easily replace Said three players, and I'm not going to name names. Will Trap, Aaron Long, <laughs> Yankees artist. You don't like Long? Wait, <laughs> no, no. He, he. I'm sorry. It just, I think you're I wrong. Can't get past it. You, you watch the game, and you can see the players that are international quality, and those three guys in particular on the night and most other games didn't fit. Didn't fit, and I and I can't look past that. I've talked to some higher up play people at a certain MLS club and they it, it seems to be a common theme and people just don't get it and I'm and you know it's a very obvious thing to pick out but I just didn't think I, I just don't think we have the guys to be playing the system and if we have we have better guys better options and I just don't see what we're trying to do and it was embarrassing it was really fucking hard to watch and I don't ever want to watch a game like that again. Yeah, as a fan, it sucks. Like, like we, especially us with American Allies, trying to get people to show up to these games and, and want to keep showing up to these games. Like, can they handle this long-term sort of like Greg Berhalter, quote-unquote, courage of just keeping the same strategy no matter who the opponent and players are in the field? And I, I don't know. I think I'm hearing a lot of negativity around the fans about this, yeah, and I don't know if people have the patience for it. And, and second of all, like, I think a good coach 
knows when to play a system based on the players he has that's been called up based on the team that they play, right? Because every team that you play has a different system that's probably effective against them. That's playing out of the back against Mexico with those players on the field. Like, is the bad strategy. And it's just these are the games that you're, if, if the only reason he's going to keep playing that strategy against a Mexico team is because he's going to keep calling up Trap and Zardes because he's trying to train them on this, on this playing out of the back. They're if they're not going to keep gonna calling up these players that are playing for Mexico, then what's the point? I don't know. Yep. Though, Tim Ream, someone was talking to Tim Ream in St. Louis, and uh, the St. Louis chapter was telling me that, and Tim Ream was like trying, he was defending it. He's like, you know, Players are bought in. They get it, and I think this is what Greg's trying to do and build it. So I don't know, like, the whole story with that, if all the players are bought in or not. But my biggest fear with this is, like, these results are going to keep players from wanting to get called up and not want to do this because it's just so hard and so frustrating. Yeah. So, Go ahead. You're, you're going to hate my analogy, so go ahead, Chris. No, that that's exactly my thing, too, Brunken, is we were talking about it. Are, are we going to get to the point now – where we have these guys, these these younger guys, you know, our best players now are all under the age of 21. And are we going to have these guys that have been labeled as prodigies that are going to get called in, and then they are now bigger than the team, and they don't want to get called in? Pulisic, you know, he goes he goes out and plays, you know, a game and comes back to his club. And he gets benched for two games. And, you know, I'm not saying that it has anything to do with that, but at the same time, he could have stayed back in England and trained and probably got him worked on his way into the team and played in the Champions League yesterday. Are, are we going to get so down and out and, and have a string of bad results where guys don't even want to get called in? That's my biggest fear. I think. I think the question is, yeah. I, I think there's three players I that I think that might have that attitude right now. I think that's Dest, Adams, and Pulisic. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is the question, right? In my in my head, this is the question. Is is Greg Berhalter and that system, are those the future? And if, is that the way we have to go to start winning, to, to start really competing at World Cups, right? So it seems like all the big teams are going to – or. The, the progressive teams are kind of going that way, right? I, let, me, let me ask you, I, I, I go to Nebraska football a lot. Can I make a quick Nebraska football analogy? Because, like, Scott Frost gets hired. Nebraska's terrible. They hired this forward-thinking coach who has a system. He comes in his first year. We're getting destroyed by Michigan, like, 1,000 to zero. But we're, we keep playing his system, which is just getting us, like, raked over the coals. And we're, we're still, like hurry up offense, blah, 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 and it's not working. But but he's like, this is the way of the future. I'm, I'm sure of it. We, get, we have to go through these learning curves and get our asses kicked doing the system in order for it to work down the road. And hopefully it's going to pay off for Nebraska. It seems like maybe it might. I don't know. We'll see. But like, so yeah, with these really good young players that we have, they have to be kind of bought in the, it's either Burhalter and the system or one or one of the two, I guess. And that they're going to be okay with getting their asses kicked by arch rivals in front of eight thousand people or eighty thousand people, and but but the system is is the way and the truth and the and the future and this is just the the bumps in the road that you got to go through I guess that's that's the tough part and like yeah getting Pulisic to be up for national team games when we're getting our asses kicked by Mexico is 
It's going to be tough, man. He's he's and, and without him, do you think I he's mean, bigger than the team right now? I mean, he's you, by far. Yeah, I'm glad by you far said it. Watching these games, the the best game changer on the field. <laughs> no, yeah, he's better than he's the best on either team, in my opinion. Like, but he needs supporting characters, and um, that's what sometimes was missing, like in the midfield, and like Zardes not making runs <laughs> or even like getting a touch at the front, like, <laughs> and. Uh, Oh, there's so many. I, mean, I did. I did uh, see a tweet, and uh, I forgot what the lineup was. But uh, he was like missing. Oh, missing versus Mexico. The lineup. It was Brooks, Miazga, Yedlin, Adams. Go slow. Go slow. Brooks. Brooks, Miazga, Yedlin, Adams, Bradley, Paxton, Ariola, Weya, Sargent, Holmes, Josie. They were all missing uh, in that Mexico game. By sure. The way. Okay. Are you saying that as an excuse, or uh, because just those are the people that can make us better? That's true. Who is Mexico missing that game? They they had, they had pretty much they had a pretty good team. Line. They were missing some people. Pfft, whatever, I don't care who they were missing. Well, it felt <laughs> it felt like uh, from from my perspective, it felt like in the Gold Cup we had our A team. Mexico had was missing. That was six. missing in the starting lineup. Sorry, not. Uh, I think a few people got in. Oh, like Sergeant they're on the and, bench. Yeah. My 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 thought is that in the Gold Cup we had our A team. We had the team that we would have picked to go to the World Cup at that moment. Mexico was missing six of their A team, and we we went to the final and we were edged out by Mexico in the final with when they were missing six of their best players. Then we play them in a friendly. They've got pretty much their A squad. We've got pretty much our A squad except for those guys, I guess. I mean, those guys, none of those guys are going to come in and change that game immensely, I don't think. No, none they, of them is a Pulisic that's going to come in and, like, just... But they would make Pulisic look better. Well, sure. And give him more chances. They'd like, there's times in that game improve it. that, uh, yeah, to be fair, the Pulisic, he looked good at times. He did not look good the whole time. And I don't know if that's because, like, when you, you don't have own. anyone to pass to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he had times where he just, he burned, like, three people and then he passed it off and it was just a scuffed shot. And it was just like... Has Berhalter said why he keeps calling Zardes in and these guys? Like, it's almost just like making fun of itself at this point. Like, I, I, I love, see him on there. I love Zardes. God bless him, yeah. I mean, I, I know they care. They sure. They want to play. They're just... Zardes is they're a million just not caps, good enough. I know. He's just... Yeah, he's he's not good enough. And... And it's nothing I, against I him. I'm not good enough to play. <laughs> but, but you can't get mad at them because they get called in. They're going to yeah. work their asses off, and that's what they do. They still work their butts off. No, I'm not mad at them. I know. But Some people like, are. They're, like, online. That, yeah, I don't, fans I don't get like, being mad at players. Get off the field, Zardes. Like, what? He got called up. He got in the starting lineup. He's going to play his heart off. Yeah, like, I don't get that. Make, let him play. Listen, fans just, just in. Future decisions. <laughs> aren't the most reasonable always. <laughs> But it's not Zardes' fault he keeps getting called in, right? I know. But what, I don't understand why he gets keeps getting called in. He, he's proven over and over like he's he just can't deliver at this level. And we have we have futuristic better options in my opinion. But ooh, like that's a good segue. Futuristic better options. <laughs> oh man, you put me on this. Christopher, go. Josh Sargent is the obvious one. Uh, he didn't necessarily. He he played against Uruguay, which we haven't talked about that game yet, but maybe that's a good transition. Was we then played? Is it Uruguay? I, I'm pronouncing it right, right? Sure. Uruguay? Sure. Uh, in St. Louis, <laughs> four or five days later. In a baseball. Fight. Uruguay, you could you could, 
you know, argue is a way better team than Mexico, and yet we held our own. We were well. They had. They didn't have like hardly any of their main players. They didn't have Suarez, and they were missing one or two other guys. But their I saw a tweet that their value of their players on the field was twenty one point something million Hmm. dollars. I didn't know that. And the value of our players on the field was like less or right at two million dollars. So one tenth of of the value if you add them together, and yet. We were the better team large parts of that game. We probably should have won that. Eh, I'm, maybe I'm remembering it with Rose. We looked classes. good. No, uh, looked I had a hard time. Better, I was, right? <clears throat> yeah, I, I was leading the section a lot of times with the drum, so I was, I was facing away, and I couldn't like really understand like the flow of the game and stuff. But what I saw, I mean, they looked really good. You need a rear view mirror. <laughs> I do. It's the, it's the video board. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you mean? In the back of the section. What I meant by that is you need the Hootie and the Blowfish album. Oh, well, I do have that. I'll get you that, yeah. I do need to listen to that again. Hootie, uh, man. They were, they were solid. Oh, yeah. Um, For all of you that weren't born in the 80s. <laughs> I know who Hootie is. He's like... Came out in the 90s? He's back now. He's Playing country music. Himself, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways. Anyway, yeah. Tangent. Respect uh, We were much better that game. Part of it is because... Uh, Ur- the style we were playing against, Uruguay's style, lends itself to our style much better than the Mexico high press did. Like Uruguay has like they play a style that is they they like sit back and defend much more so, and then they attack with they they attack they they move guys up once they get the ball, but they sit back when we have the ball. Whereas when Mex when we're playing Mexico, they were up in our face on goal mm-hmm. kicks. And we did not deal with that so well, as you probably saw. Hence, why you need to change the strategy on how you play. Just boot it. <laughs> and do it, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was <laughs> more pro- it was more promising. It, I don't know. It it was kind of a blah game. Like, do you are you gonna remember that game in two years? I, I don't think you will. You'll remember the Mexico game probably as it felt like. The most we've been outclassed by our <clears throat> arch rival. Like we've we've been playing our arch rival pretty close, except for that one Gold Cup final where we got. No, we haven't lost to him in the U.S. since like in a friendly. In a friendly for I don't know in how like long. In the nineties. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's a crazy stat that we should. I wish we, we didn't just lose. Here. We got destroyed. In that friendly. Yeah. Well, oh no, the most recent one. Oh yeah, yeah. We hadn't lost to Mexico in the U.S. in a friendly since, like, the 90s, which was a crazy stat. But we've lost to them, obviously, in the Gold Cup a couple times. Yeah, and in qualifying. And in Columbus. Yeah. Uh, Dagger to the heart. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, that, uh, the Uruguay game felt better, but pretty inconclusive. The styles matched up better. It was fun to play them. We haven't played them in a friendly that I can remember no. ever. No. Like, not since I've been a fan. Yeah, I like playing teams that are different than the usual teams we play play with. So it's like, hey, well, maybe you'll see that Greg Berhalter's uh, strategy helps with those teams. Who's the team that Maybe you, he's trying to figure that out. There's a finite number of teams. Who's a team that we haven't played that you would like to play in a friendly? Mm, Uruguay was, like, number one on my list uh, before this. It used to be Ghana, but we played them in a friendly like a year or two ago. Oh, in friendlies or just any any time? I guess in well any time, but we we only can Asian teams we never control. play in friendlies because it's impossible to bring them over here, right? We played like South Korea and Japan in the January camps, but those are oh, like you're right. C, C teams, you're right. which doesn't really matter. Christopher, you? Do you have a team, Chris, oh. that you would like to see us play against? 
Costa Rica? Like <laughs> Panama yeah, yeah, and KC? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love to see that. No, I don't, I don't know why. I don't feel like we play Holland enough. We don't, I don't feel like we play Italy enough. You know, I, I know we played both these teams in the last few years away, but I would like to see one of those teams come here and see what we could do against them here. I mean, not right now, but maybe, maybe we have to we get good again. But, yeah, um, I agree. They're just scared I, because I, the last game we played with, played against them as a friendly. Where we he, beat them. They went up two nothing. We came back to beat them three two. I Bobby believe. Wood, baby. Woo. Bobby Wood, man. No. I wish. Whatever happened? No, to him? He's having an unfortunate, fortunate run in the German league <laughs> and is not getting a call up. I don't understand. He's way better than Sardes. What are you saying, Chris? Sorry, Sorry. go ahead. No, yeah, I, I remember that Holland game. It was four three, but and and the week before that, we beat Germany away. Yeah. So I'm like. And who is the coach? Oh, Klinsman. That's right. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. At, it was actually right after the Netherlands game because I, I missed the Netherlands game and got there right after to watch the Germany game, and that was such a fun game. Our section was yeah. like uh, maybe 50, 60 people, and it was just so <laughs> joyous. I love away games. It's like unreserved just participation and excitement. It's like people just become a different person and just go crazy. I love it. Mm-hmm. You do. You do. So – yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, would you want to play any of those teams right now? No, I mean, it's... Yeah, we kind of got to work our way up to that with this system. If we're going to try to play some of those teams with with this system, we're going to get our asses kicked. There's no doubt about it. We just, we don't get the players together enough. You know, you saw, you saw like, when we played England away, and we just got played off the field, and that was probably our best team at the time, you know, and again, it was... It was with Dave Sarakin, you know, towards the end of his his interim management. But we just don't get the players together enough. Or when we do get them, one of them's hurt, or several of them are hurt, or their clubs don't release them, or whatever. So I think I would like to see some of these teams. I, I want to see us play some of these teams right before qualifying starts next year. You know. Yeah. So. So in conclusion, Jesse Marsh should be the coach. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Jesse Marsh won first American coach to win a Champions League game today. Is that correct? It was a big score, too. I forgot what it was. I think they won like 6-1. Yeah. uh, Or 6-2 against Salzburg or uh, against Genk for Salzburg. Uh, Jesse Marsh, first American coach to win a Champions League game as a head coach. And future U.S. national. No, we're not moving on from Greg (laughs) yet. Uh, All right. Looking forward to the games, upcoming games. Both men and women. So we got Nations League coming up. CONCACAF Nations League. Yep. Cuba and Canada. Mm-hmm. Arch rivals. Got Canada away in Toronto. Everyone out there, get to that game. Toronto's not we that could, far away. We could literally have more fans at that game than than the home team. Well, we, we will really, not. We won't, but... <laughs> at the moment, could. I think we got a section of, like, 100. I'd love to chill that man. up. I know. Like, everyone out there... Where this, are we at? These away games for this. I know it's a Nations League, and... Some people are having a hard time getting excited about this, but they should be at this game. Again, amazing sort of, uh, uh, amazing fo- sort of atmosphere and camaraderie between fans at these away games. Yeah, but they're having a hard time selling tickets. Like, Canada just does not care about Didn't their they, team. Isn't the, the total uh, attendance expected to be less than 3,000 right now? Oh, my God. That's what I had heard. Really? It's right around that, yeah. They I might are, be off on that. They but. are trying to sell this game so hard, and, like, I – Dude, what is the deal with Canada? I, they have players in the. I, do they still? They have had players in the Premier League. They have 
uh, MLS teams. They should be, you know, they've hosted a Women's World Cup recently. They should, what is their deal? Why are they so bad? I don't understand why they're so bad. Do you remember They're well out of the hex. Uh, yeah, do you remember the hex too? two hexes ago? Well, going into the last hex game and all they had to do was win or tie at home and they lost to Guatemala like 6-0. I just don't think anything in the, their federation cares. I just don't understand it. People in the country care. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't get, get it. it. Obviously not if they're not showing up to Toronto Welcome to the for this Canadian. game. I heard it's like on the same night as like opening hockey night or something like that. So that's what it was. Yeah, the Maple Leafs. <laughs> Maple Leafs opening home night. opener is that night. Duh. <laughs> reiterated. Reiterated Great where they stand by in sports. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. The other one's Cuba and DC, which uh, uh, should be interesting. Cuba and DC. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah. Their new stadium. Yeah. And then we have the women's games in Charlotte and Chicago. The end of the victory tour. We are no longer victorious the four after stars. this. Yeah, <laughs> no longer. Moving on. Well, it's true. I guess we're on the hunt for, a, for an Olympic gold medal after Heck that. Heck, yeah. So in Tokyo. Hey, and everyone out there, we have been talking about doing a travel package because, oh, my. Well, we know the women's team is going to make it. There's <laughs> no doubt. Well, they already made it, I think they? No, I think qualifying starts. No, they made it, didn't they? No, I think it starts in January. Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, and then the men's, I don't remember when that starts. Oh, you know what I was thinking of was the, the European women's qualifying was, was during the, the World, World Cup. Cup, which is <laughs> so crazy. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, good stuff. Uh, I think the Nations League is something that I think people need to get excited about and get to these games. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> what do you think? Can you explain think? in a sentence why they should care about it? Well, they're finally, the they're finally competitive games. I wish I knew what the Nations it's League so matters confusing. to us. It doesn't right. matter too much to us, <laughs> but it matters to probably smaller teams. But it is competitive games that matter for right. some pride in CONCACAF, I know. But um, I mean, they haven't even announced how the draw works for the semis and finals or where it's going to be played because CONCACAF <laughs> is probably waiting to see who makes it. <laughs> CONCACAF got a CONCACAF is... I should get that tattoo. Cockacap, cockacap. Chris, go. Why should people get excited about these games? <laughs> yeah, put you on the spot. I, I, I got nothing. Mm. <laughs> I got nothing. Great. Get to these games. Just, if anything, as fans, is to support this team. Just go to the game and support your team. Just do it. Don't yeah. ask why. This is just why. Do it. This is why. It's times like these that separate the Fairweather fans from the diehard fans. That's right. What are, you, are you a diehard U.S. men's national team fan? Never heard of them. Well, they need you right now. Whether you've heard of them or not, they need you. <laughs> so let's round up some people I mean, and get I mean, them in there. Why? Yeah. Why? If you're a supporter, you're anything. a supporter. Like yeah. you need to be more there. More than anything, just just go and support the players. More than Correct. anything, leave the federation out of it. Leave the coach and the tactics and everything out of it. Go and just support the players and the team because we're trying to grow this thing. You can That's make it. you can make your voice heard by still showing up in the stands for the players. Yeah. And making change. And yelling at Carlos Cordero if he's there. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, the women, I don't recommend you do that. Women's game, I mean, you, you, can, you can go and see the best players in the world and send uh, Jill Ellis off because uh, she deserves it. And we're going to be presenting something to Jill Ellis that game, by the way. Excited about that. Hope she is. <laughs> do you think any of those players have sobered up in the last couple of months? Are they, they still celebrating? Ready? It is a victory tour. I'm playing for their club teams drunk. I, I can only imagine. Uh, 
All right. All right. Best soccer tweet. <laughs> Go, Corey. <laughs> you asked me. I came very unprepared. You asked me for the best ever soccer tweet. Could you have a more broad? I didn't say vi- best ever. You made that up. I'll, I said I just, was no. I, I have your text. It says best soccer tweet. Yeah. <laughs> be. You added ever all right. of all time. Best soccer tweet. I have one. <laughs> uh, whose idea was this? You or Chris? This is mine. Okay. It's from like a podcast I listened to that was like, oh, we could try that. Okay. It's a stone, stone. I have one. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, I have my favorite. You want me to start? Yeah, uh, I don't really have one. I was looking today. I'll be honest. I was driving I here. The idea. I had just got off the treadmill. This one is one I'll always, I don't know if I'll always remember it because it's Twitter and you're supposed to forget it. But do you remember in 2014, they, they announced the U.S. roster that was going to go to Brazil to play for the men's team? And Brad Evans was one of the very, very close calls who was left at home. And his tweet was the day, it's probably the biggest heartbreak of his life, I would imagine. And his tweet, he got, so he got cut. He was one of the very first guys to get cut. And probably, you know, the worst day ever. And his tweet was, remember, we were playing Portugal. His tweet was, you got off easy, Cristiano Ronaldo. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know Ronaldo loses sleep over Brad Evans in the World Cup. <laughs> love, I can't go up against that Love game. Brad Evans. That was such a he good He still team. has scored one of my favorite goals of all time. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. uh, in Jamaica, while we're there, and we ran onto the track. Like we literally just, <laughs> and the security guard's like, ah, oh, no problem. Because <laughs> they knew how much it meant to us. Oh my gosh, Brad Evans. So that was my favorite tweet of all time. You have one, Chris? Um, not. Not of all time, but I, I had one recently that I, I laughed at a few, a few months ago, I think. Um, I don't know if you guys follow. There's this Twitter handle called the Nutmeg News. It's like a... An, Talk it's right a into that, Mike. Onion. It's it's like a wannabe onion for, for soccer fans. Yep. But it most of them are pretty dumb. But they had one that made me literally laugh out loud. It was, soccer fan refuses to let lack of knowledge on women's games keep him from offering up opinions. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a tweet for any sports fan that is ever. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean we don't we don't keep people out of American Allies no matter how caps you have, but <laughs> that is the definition of a sports fan. <laughs> well yeah. Well it's just it the, the the thing about watch parties is everyone has a very distinct opinion and everyone likes to voice them at these watch parties and I think that's why it just kinda made me laugh. That's a good one. Brunken, did you have one that made I, you think of this topic? I don't. I just saw You're one. late for bowling, man. You got to hurry. I am super late. I know. So we get to end this after one more thing. Uh, no, I just saw a tweet. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, there's a company, I think it was Secret, that basically, this is something I've been wanting to do forever, is buy, spend $9,000 and buying uh, tickets for people to just attend games that people maybe cut, that may not be able to afford to go to games. It's like, I want people to go to U.S. games that may not be able to afford the freaking $80 tickets sometimes. That's what Kyle Martin did. How do we do this? I know. Yeah. I think it was great. So, awesome. underrated, real quick. Underrated? Well, I have mine. Underrated I was what? thinking about this. Uh, like, what is like a soccer story that's underrated? And I would say, I don't think this is a story, but I've been just watching everything about Dest. And I know him as a player isn't probably underrated, but the fact that we could lose him as a U.S. national team player, I think every, we're not caring enough about that. You're talking about Serginho Dust? Yeah. That's his first name, right? Serginho? Yes. Yeah. He looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked, looked good, good. Against, uh, with us against Uruguay and then with Ajax right now. 
Oh, yeah. And he's, like, been talking to, you know, Netherlands, I believe. Yeah, and he has the option. Oof. A little underrated. Let's not lose this man. <sighs> well, yeah. Uh, I, I don't have an underrated story. Sorry. I missed that part of the tweet or that part of your text. Have, Chris, do you have one? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very biased because this is a Kansas City thing. Um, in the Gold Cup in 20 – shit, it would have been 2015 – AOKC did a TIFO that, w- that made uh, BuzzFeed, and it was a, a TIFO of a conversation between AO and Jurgen Klinsmann. And I think that it, it was during a very busy time. It was during the summer, and there's a lot of stuff going on. But I, I think that, like, all these major news outlets were tweeting about, like, an emoji text chain. Like, it had, like, the iPhone gray and blue, and it was a really – it was a really fucking funny TiVo, and people loved it. And I, I think it, it got brushed under the rug a little bit just because of how much was going on. But <laughs> it, it was it was underrated, underrated hype for sure. Nice. All right. Yeah, that that piques mine, which is has nothing to do with what I've done in the last 24 hours. But when San Jose unve- unveiled their TiVo, and it was that. Uh, we're not going to throw away our shot, and Lynn Manuel Miranda of Hamilton retweeted it. Oh yeah, that's my most underrated oh. story. Oh, I had to, so Minnesota did a tifo for uh, the game there for the women's team. <clears throat> it was like a, a Prince reference that was also tied to like this uh, iconic club that's in Minnesota where Prince used to play all the time. Yeah, and so it was like a, it had something to do with stars. I'm not a big Prince fan. Sorry, Minnesota, uh, but the club actually tweeted at them and sent them a message afterwards, like, "Hey, I want this at our club." Really? And so, like, the, the, the famous iconic music hall in Minnesota is, like, going to take the, the TIFO and put oh, it up. That's yeah, cool. That's super cool. It's good. Good for them. Minnesota, you guys killed things. it. The chapter there. St. Louis, you guys killed it. New York, everyone. Cool. Awesome. Well, I got to go. Gotta go. He's got to go throw some rocks or whatever the hell you guys call it. Get some ham bones or whatever. Throwing rocks, ham bones. Shout out to Rob Stone. All that bullshit. Yeah. I need to play. I need to bowl with Rob Stone one of these days. Well, Chris, any last words before we let you go? I got nothing. Keep, <laughs> keep, uh, keep being a fan, and uh, there are good times ahead, I promise. Love it. Yeah. It's always darkest before du- before the dawn. Thanks, Chris, for joining us. Love you. Right. Love you. Love you. Thanks, Justin, for joining us here on the Soccer Podcast. Thank you, listener, for uh, being a member of American Outlaws. We'll see you out there. Bye. Bye.